0: What is at least. not for bad reasons just because classes were fun today the energy was good and so uh, you get caught up in it and i'm just like blowing up my own voice so if i'm a little hoarse guys i apologize for that it's all good (laughs) but uh i think whatever is going around with uh knee injuries or leg injuries jiu-jitsu is going around like well i don't have like a knee injury per se but like in jiu-jitsu today my, my hamstring was like super tight Really? like, well, I don't even know. Like, I didn't, I didn't think I rolled or spar too hard yesterday, which would explain why I was sore today, but what you're feeling? I can't even, well, I'm sorry, what? What are you feeling? Just like a tightness and soreness on my right hamstring. I'm just oh, like, shit. God. And I'm just, and I'm just a little sensitive with the right hamstring, just because that's the one that tore a few years ago. So Fuck. I don't want to, I don't want to go through that shit again. No, 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 no. So I gotta, I gotta be smart about making sure I massage the muscles out and uh, just make sure I, I go. I mean, it looks like the rest of this this week is going to be just lazy jitsu for me. <laughs> so all of you guys that want to get your you want to get your licks in and tap me out a few times get for em. revenge. Get These next guy. couple of days will be the day to days to do it. <laughs> come see me. Catch me outside. Well, catch don't you, catch me catch outside. outside. Catch me inside. Catch me inside. Go how jitsu and come get some, <laughs> get your revenge, please. <laughs> so that does that mean you've been training or not? Yeah, I've been training. Nice. I've been training. Uh, so there was a lot of, um, kind of troubleshooting we've been doing the past couple of weeks because remember two weekends, two weekends ago, we talked about uh, my teammates doing BJJ tour here in San Francisco. Yeah, And so the next tournament, a lot of our teammates are doing is going to be the BJJ tour at Woodside, which is down the peninsula. Uh, I think past San Mateo towards yeah. union city. Uh, um, so you guys, they, they have a nogi division as well. Uh, <laughs> I know that you don't look, <laughs> you look down on the pajama wrestling, but since they do have a Nogi division, you, you have any uh, teammates of yours that are going to do that one? It's going to be the weekend of March 16th and March 17th.
1: Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a few of us. I, I mean, shit, I'm feeling pretty good. So who knows if I'm I, I was about, That was going to be
0: my next question. Is uh, Sean Virai going to make his return <laughs> to the competition circuit?
1: You know, yesterday I felt really good. Like really, really good. I uh, got some good rolls in. I was actually rolling at maybe 80% yesterday where I was really going after it and was going with the higher level guys. And yeah, man, I was feeling pretty good. So, I mean, shit, I was just, uh, I was literally just on my Facebook for some reason. And uh, Coach Rocky from your golden piece of Muay Thai and uh, Miguel Jiu Jitsu uh, he had posted that there's also going to be something out in April. There's It's like some local Pacifica tournament or something like that. Mm, mm, and, okay. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I think I want to try to knock out some kind of like a local tournaments like that. Maybe even the one that you were talking about, the BJJ tour, mm-hmm, uh, something mm-hmm. local. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this should be fun.
0: Oh, that's going to be exciting. So we'll make sure to check in with you as you prepare for this. Yeah. These- yeah. These uh, competitions, when you looking, when you're looking forward to some of these tournaments, Sean, just right. And even though you haven't committed fully right now, yeah, are you going to go in with essentially the same game plan you had when you did the uh, jujitsu world league last November? You know, I don't know. I think this time uh, I just feel like there's so much
1: more to learn and uh, maybe some, this is a, this will be a really good chance to kind of like learn something new and, and sharpen all the moves that I already have. And uh, maybe, I mean, I'm never going to shoot. That's just not going to happen. You're not, not, right, not a you're good not a wrestler. wrestler. So, you're um, not going
0: to leg dive. No. Nah.
1: And, you know, I was, actually watch, I was actually kind of inspired by um, uh, 10 Planet Daily City's uh, leader, uh, Gino Francisco. Because I, I did notice that he competed at this Grappling Industries tournament. Uh, I think it was over the weekend. And uh, he did really well. And some of the stuff he was actually going for, I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I would ever go for that stuff. But you know, he's a lot younger, but uh, he was doing some pretty cool stuff and kind of inspired me. I was like, "Fuck, man, got to get back
0: in there." All right, yeah. So, in in other words, we should look forward to you doing nothing but diving, <laughs> Imanari rolls, uh, backflip, <laughs> guard passes, dead orchard, tenth planet else? stuff. What else? What else should we look forward to coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also want to point out, and on behalf of all the other listeners of the Mighty Beast podcast, Sean, I want to wish you and your wife a happy, yeah. happy anniversary. You guys did a short Vegas trip last weekend over the long weekend, but you didn't, you didn't stay for the whole long weekend, but you were there for like two nights. Yeah, we were there from, man, we took an early flight Thursday
1: morning and then stayed up until uh, Saturday afternoon, which was great. Uh, and
0: you stayed at the Cosmo. Oh yeah. Uh, great hotel. Great, great, great restaurants at the Cosmo. You know, I'm going to say yes.
1: Really good stuff. Man, everything is so fucking overpriced over there, man. It's <laughs> insane. <laughs> they know they got you, that's why. Insane. <laughs> they know they got you. There was a point where my wife and I, because they have a little like food, you know, they have a bunch of restaurants over there and we we ate there for the first night and we we're just like, fuck man, like it's good. But like, we went to McDonald's like the next morning we had like a sausage McMuffin with an egg and shit. I was like, dude, this is fucking gourmet food right here, dude. It was much cheaper. And then we started Uber eating stuff and it was still so much cheaper. And then you get what you want, you know, rather than getting then, a fucking but fusion-esque but fucking falafel wrap or something, you
0: know. But when you do the restaurants in the Cosmo, for example, you're paying for the experience. Totally. Well, you know this—the plating, where they sit, seat you, the bitches, being in that environment, uh, no, that whole Yeah, you and the, wife the waitresses up and hoes.
1: No. <laughs> you know, surprisingly enough, so we're, you and the woman you know, pick up any hoes. <laughs> you know, surprisingly enough, we were at surprisingly the... enough.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we actually met this young couple, and no, I'm kidding.
0: Oh, whoa! Wait, no, hold on. Kidding. Let's go. Let's go. Now we ended up. Uh, uh, any, anybody else listening to this with your kids? Put the kids yeah. to bed right now. Put a, put this this, about, this is about moms. to get awesome. <laughs> Just check our OnlyFans and link in the bio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Link in the bio, guys. Uh,
1: but, but dude, we, had, we actually met a bunch of people out there. Super nice. And then I put out this video and I got a really good response from it. And now people actually want to go to Vegas with us, which is kind of funny. Did,
0: well, I got to be honest, just looking at some of the, uh, you know, following your stories on Instagram. And again, like you and your wife are so good at at video and recording and how you edit your videos, you guys make it look like a fucking jam. I mean, like I'm not a Vegas person, but I want to. I want to party with you guys. I mean, that, I'm not I mean that's, to get-
1: that's kind of the response we wanted to get. And it, it, it really did get a really good response. Like people from everywhere were like, Oh man, that must've been cool. And to tell you the truth, like this, was, this is one of the reels that I put out and, Uh, I've I've never known this, but it actually tracks how much time people spend on the actual reel. Dude, I had over seven hours of like watch time on that reel. So like, that means like people were watching it. Like, I think it's like a three to four minute video or something like that. But
0: people watched it
1: over and over and over and over. How much of it is
0: you think it's like people just like uh, beating off to images of you? Prior to my wife, but (laughs) she was okay. Just my personal opinion: your wife is better looking than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But don't sell yourself short, Sean. Yeah, don't don't sell yourself short. I mean, you know, me,
1: you, and I—we actually both look really good for our ages. So I think that's a. that's part. Yeah.
0: I think mean, I would appreciate it if someone beat off to images. Of yeah. Me, yeah. So, yeah. You know, but, but I mean, if they don't, <laughs> if I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm not mad if they don't either. Like, I get yeah. it. Do what you yeah. want to do. It's shit. It's your hand. Yeah. You or know, a toy a, or however you want to use. One thing I do want to bring up is that,
1: you know, our hotel was right in front of one of these big billboards also that you can see from the, uh, from our balcony. And I am very tempted, very, very tempted to go to UFC 300
0: well, the town knows how to sell the events that are available there. Yeah,
1: I think it's there's some subliminal messaging in there. It's saying buy the ticket, buy the
0: ticket. It's probably the got, tickets. like if you stare at it long enough, it's it, it imprints into your head. Yeah, like that you are going to go to this event. Well, when something is in that type of environment, there's always a way that they trigger that fear of missing out feeling totally, that everyone has. Totally. I mean, it, but it, let's yeah. Yeah, but we could talk a little bit about UFC 300. Uh, they recently announced the main event for the light heavyweight championship, Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I like it. I like it. I think it's a big fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know there have been some that have complained in the sense of like, I guess they were maybe wanting bigger names or bigger stars, <laughs> but I was telling you, it moves the light heavyweight division along. You know, it unifies the light heavyweight titles because Jamal Hill never really lost his light heavyweight championship. True, true. And now he's got to go up against the guy who recently won it in Alex Pereira And I think it's a compelling matchup. I, I think it, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a good fight to headline UFC 300.
1: I think so also. I, I, I feel like people online are just trying to find something to talk shit about. And, you know, all this buildup from Dana White saying it's going to blow you away and this and that. Dude, Alex, he did
0: he did back himself into a corner with
1: that type. (laughs) I agree, and you know, there's a lot of, I mean, this the 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 main card is stacked, but there's definitely some some uh, some fuckery going on. I I wish Max Holloway wasn't fighting Justin Gaethje because I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but you know, we Mm -hmm. do have a new featherweight champion, and that's kind of like the fight to make, Mm -hmm. and it and now Max Holloway has to go get some brain damage from Justin Gaethje. And it's like, it's going to put,
0: a- uh, I, I hope he's been working on some head movement. Yeah. So, and avoiding leg kicks.
1: Oof. Yeah. We saw, we saw how that went when he, when he fought folk that one time, mm. Shit was fucking mm. fucked. Hey, dude, Max is well, a legend, dude.
0: A, a fun fighter to watch, fun fighter to listen to easy guy to cheer for. Yeah. Uh So now, now that we're, you know, we're talking about, uh, fights you want to go ahead and start recapping last weekend's fight yeah let's do it all right ufc 298 at the honda center in anaheim headlined by the featherweight title fight between alexander volkanovsky versus Ilya Topuria. sean i am going to eat a shut up white belt carlo on this one <laughs> yeah me too because uh i thought volkanovsky would get a decision here but Topuria only needed two rounds to find the punching range in order to land uh, the combination that just put Volkanovsky down. Uh, I liked Volkanovsky's strategy going in, using the kicks to beat up the arms of Tapuria, trying to keep away from the punching power. But we've talked about this in the past, Sean, where if you fixate so much in trying to keep away from your opponent's specific game plan, eventually you, you end up falling into it because yeah. you fixate on avoiding it instead of sometimes having to momentarily fight in there before disengaging. Yeah. Uh, I thought Volkanovsky should have used his hands a little bit more when Topuria was able to close that range just in a defensive way, mm-hmm. just to keep Topuria honest. Yeah. But Volkanov- Volkanovsky was using his kicks to control the distance, but was almost a little too defensive in the punching range by kind of giving ground to Toporia too much. And then finally got trapped against the cage and just couldn't escape the power. And Toporia's hands are just serious shit. Yeah. They're serious.
1: You know, there was a point in the fight where, um, in the first round, cause I, I believe that Volkanovsky won that first round. I believe so too. I yeah. agree with that. And, uh, you know, there, it was just kind of like bait, where Ilya Topuria was kind of testing uh, his forward pressure and the ability for him to push Volkanovsky to the fence, because I felt like uh, Ilya would throw like a combination. He would kind of exit to the side or exit to the back um, and then throw like a larger combination, then come back and then throw like a smaller comp. So there there was some timing uh, stuff that was uh, starting to find its mark towards the end of the round on Volkanovsky. So Ilya essentially threw way too many punches for Alex to kind of maybe catch when, when it came down to it. And man, that right hook, I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if Alex Volkanovsky got knocked out um, by Islam Magachev in his last fight, or it could have been like two years ago, any, if there was any chance that that shot was going to land, no matter what happened in the past with Volkanovsky, he was going to knock him out Mm -hmm. regardless.
0: It's interesting you point that out because, you know, shout out to my homie, Kevin, who hosted the fights that night. Uh, you know, uh, he kind of put up the, the theory. And I think a lot of people had the theory that maybe Volkanovski came back from the knockout loss too soon mm-hmm. going into this fight. Yeah. And it may perhaps made it chinny. I think I'm I'm with you, though. If Toporia hit him with that same shot and this is Volkanovski three years ago, I think Volkanovski still goes down. Yeah.
1: That was just a well timed uh I mean, the blitz that he came up with it was just spot on. like mm-hmm. I think he even like threw some like some fake shots up in there and then just clipped them and it was just he covered so much distance in that in that forward pressure right I think it was a right hook where he caught him, yeah. with but it was just, oh my God, like it's
0: very impressive that he was still able to keep good power and balance while moving his feet, yes. trapping Volkanovsky into the fence, moving sideways and forward without looking like he was falling into his punches or overextending. So that very impressive by Tupuria. Uh He's the new featherweight champ. So who is next for him?
1: Man, I wish it was, I wish I could say it's going to be max, but I don't think max will be ready after the war. He'll probably have with um, Justin Gaethje. So I I mean, I, th- I feel like they're grooming uh, the winner of uh, Ortega and Yair. Yair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I feel like they're going to give the shot to whoever wins that fight. And, you know, they, those two have fought before and Elio uh, mm-hmm. Topuri and, um, and Yair Rodriguez, you know, they do have some shit talking over the social media thing and they uh, don't really like each other. So it would kind of make it make a good pay-per-view. I think, uh, Rodriguez versus Topuria in Spain that that could be huge. Huge huge.
0: Volkanovski is now 35 years old. That's the wrong side of the kind of athletic prime especially at featherweight. Yeah. How much longer does he have? He wants to make another run at the title. Does he have a shot at it realistically in terms of ability?
1: Yeah, I feel like he's he looked really good. Uh, during that first round so I mean if it was if he looked like shit and he got stopped in the first round that's a totally different uh scenario but I feel like even though I think Rodriguez will get the title shot if he if he does win because I I don't I just don't see uh I just don't see uh, Brian Ortega win in that fight it's either going to be Rodriguez or they're going to give Volkanovski that rematch maybe because he was such a dominant champion and you know I don't really like it when they do give uh title shots to someone that got stopped in that type of fashion but I just feel like that's kind of like the money play
0: Hmm. hey I was really enjoying the co-main event the middleweight fight between Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa uh (laughs) I I picked Whitaker for this one but that first round, <laughs> he was looking really great until about the last, I want to say 15 seconds, Paulo Costa throws a spinning heel kick to Robert Whitaker's head. It lands and Whitaker's on skates. Wow. And like, it looked close and you could argue saved by the bell, but Whitaker like, pulled it out in the last two rounds and just outpointed Costa neutralized his power was super smart really impressive win by water Robert Whitaker is that a kick that you guys practice in Hapkido yeah actually yeah so did I'm you, gonna claim uh some credit for it <laughs> <laughs> did I'm you gonna see, claim that he learned it from me did uh I think they did show like a
1: like a slow-mo of the actual kick now was that land did that land with like a hundred percent because I did see it kind of landed on his ankle, but it didn't land like straight up on the, on the actual heel. But
0: yeah, regardless, yeah.
1: that was a beautiful yeah. fucking kick, man.
0: And you got to think at the end of the foot, the linear velocity as it spins around is so much that sometimes you could even hit a little bit with the calf and it could, it could kind of catch someone off guard because they're not braced for it properly. For sure. You know, especially if they have maybe a weak neck and you could, you could cause some damage that way. I mean, yes, the ideal is to hit with the heel, but you could still put someone away with like even the flat of the foot or even um, the uh, sort of like the ankle area. Though hitting with the ankle area is not ideal because you could really hurt yourself sometimes. Uh, but I thought Paulo Costa looked pretty good as well. I think if he kind of used his kicks more... Mm-hmm. You know, he could have made that a lot more interesting in rounds two and three. You know, one
1: thing I did also notice about Paul Costa is in that first round, he looked really good. I mean, he was throwing really good combos. Um, He was catching Whitaker on the way in. He even cut him with that, you know, with some of those shots. And uh, that first round was amazing. And then uh, that second round, for some reason, Paul Costa was he started only throwing like one or two shots at a time when I feel like if he would have just continued do, with the combos, he would have been able think,
0: to. Could that have been a conditioning issue?
1: Maybe because dude, there was a point where Paul Acosta was hitting ghosts. Like he was swinging and he, you know, Robert Whitaker was nowhere to be found. Like mm. uh, Robert Whitaker did really good on uh keeping the distance and staying right in front of him, but not really getting hit. And at the same time, Robert Whitaker's jab was just, it was punishing. I think that's pretty much mm-hmm. what won him the, the fight, like from the second and third round on, but.
0: He really controlled the distance with that front yeah. hand.
1: And, and it just shows, you know, Robert Whitaker's experience, you know, people forget, you know, he was former champion for a really long time. And, you know, he just unfortunately ran into a streaking uh, Israel Adesanya and, You know, he's got to feel pretty good about himself right now. If since Drikas is champion, I feel like this Robert Whitaker would beat a Duplessis.
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. And after Drikas Duplessis defends his title against perhaps Adesanya, when he decides to make his return or whatever fight that's going to happen. I I would like to see Whitaker fight uh, Duplessis, you know, win or lose for Duplessis. Yeah. I, away. I, I would say that. I do want to jump to the bantamweight fight between Mirab uh Valishvili versus your boy Henry Suhudo. Uh, three round decision victory for Mirab. Uh, yeah, first round looked a little bit tricky because you know you could argue Mirab's punch defense isn't super sharp against fast punchers, and Suhudo like caught him with a left hook that almost put Mirab away. But damn, he's so tough. And then he proceeded for the rest of the fight to out-wrestle the Olympic wrestler. I mean, like, was it the third round when Mirab actually picked Suhudo up and carried him to the other side oh, yeah. of the octagon and slammed him in front of his corner? Very. I mean, that, uh, that is just so <laughs> fucking G of him. And it's super impressive. I mean, damn. You know, there's a huge combination of Mirab especially right
1: now, his social media is actually blown up. His YouTube's blown up. He's um,
0: a funny guy. He's
1: it's a funny, funny guy. guy. You know, there's, also, there's also those uh, ramblings of him actually having a full-blown three-round uh, pretty much fight with Aljamain Sterling in the, yeah, in the locker so, room. Yeah, so let,
0: let's put this in context. You know, Aljamain Sterling, his friend and teammate, so all the, these fighters have their own routines for warming up. You know, some people just need to break a sweat a little bit. And some people apparently like Marab, need to feel like they've already been in a fight before they go out there for their oh, real yeah. fight. So like him and Al do a little bit of moving around and supposedly kind of a sparring session in the back. And to have Al Sterling retell it, he felt like he was just like in a fight back there for like yeah. three rounds. Like he got... What, he get kicked in the knee. He got punched in the back of the head a few times by Mirab. Yeah. And you know when you're the sparring partner or the training partner of someone who's actually fighting, especially in a fight with a lot of stakes, you're not going to try to hurt the guy. No. So you're basically going to be a moving, a punching bag that moves around. Yeah. So like, you know, Aljamain Sterling's a really good teammate to let Mirab do that shit.
1: <laughs> Agreed. You know, Mirab really took over during those, uh, those next two rounds after that first, first round scare where uh Cejudo caught him with that really good, was it a right or fuck? I forget what it was. Left it was, hook. Like a, left it was hook. a
0: left hook and a draw. Like it had Marab kind yeah. of dancing and jiggly to be quite honest. But you
1: know, what was crazy was Marab in the beginning wanted to strike in the beginning because I felt like he didn't respect Henry uh, Cejudo's striking until he did land that shot. But
0: in the end. And, and I, we talked about it last week too, yeah. where I thought that Marab. would, the question would be, can Marab handle the speed of Cejudo? Cejudo is yeah. going to have the speed advantage there.
1: Yeah. And he's, he was definitely aiming for those leg kicks too. Cause I know Cejudo has some good leg kicks. Marab, you know, I, I felt like his experience, I mean, even though Cejudo is, you know, an Olympic medalist in in wrestling or whatever, I feel like Marab has just, uh, he's been, he's just been training his MMA wrestling so much longer than Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo has mm-hmm. all the accolades in the world, but when it comes to MMA, you're getting hit in the face, you're getting you're pressured against the cage.
0: It's a yeah, totally use different of animal. The cage is a big deal.
1: Yeah, totally yeah. different animal. So, yeah, uh, Marab. This puts Marab in a very, very, very serious position to fight Sean O'Malley for this title. Now, I think he's the next guy. Now, do you think this? Do you think Sean O'Malley and? uh, Chido Vera like, fuck, now we got to fucking deal with this guy. Whoever wins this fight has to deal with Marab. And, right. you know, Marab's a fucking nightmare. How do you even train for that?
0: Well, I think one of the things that this does show is that, you know, Marab has almost been knocked out by like that same left hook in, in fights in the past. And so sometimes the matchups can be a little bit uh, tricky even if you have had so much success like Marab's had. Yeah. So let's say, for example, Sean O'Malley is still the champion and Marab goes up against Sean. You know, Marab's really got to work on his striking defense. Yeah. Especially in the early parts of the fight. Because yes, later on in the fight, you want to think about the fourth round, fifth round. You could totally see Marab wearing someone like Sean O'Malley down. But in the early parts of the fight where everyone's still fresh, you know, Sean O'Malley is really good at finding his range and he's super accurate with his hands. Uh, True. so Marab's really got to come correct with that. So I don't think it's going to be in a, a wash for Marab. I think he's going to you know, be in a lot of danger the first two rounds against Sean O'Malley. Now, what, what do
1: you think about this? Now that, um, you know, Marab's actually, he, he's number one contender and then Sean O'Malley, uh, you know, he was there that night as well. You know, he's been talking a lot of shit about moving up and challenging the featherweight champ if uh, if Volkanovski wasn't the champ. So now that we have Ilio Topori right there, um, what do you think of that matchup?
0: Uh, I, I think that's like, I think it's just a lot of talking. <laughs> I think those divisions are, have enough near the top where they could just kind of move those pieces around without having to talk about champ versus champ stuff. Yeah. I, clean out your division decisively before you talk I about totally agree talk with that, that stuff. Cause it takes, because then you could really build up a real money fight down the line. For sure. You know, I think a lot of these champs are looking at this kind of double division stuff as a quick payday, but you're going to leave a lot of money on the table. If you don't take care of your division first yeah. I, that's yeah. my thing. If you're, you're thinking like years down the line, speaking of like the future though, it looks like it would seem that Henry Cejudo done. Yeah, wouldn't it be? Not in the sense like he can't fight anymore, but it's just like the juice may not be worth the squeeze for him at this point.
1: I agree because I think his salary was about 150 to show, 150 to win. So he gets not half bad. his purse. Not bad. Gets his. <laughs> it gets half his purse, but is he? Does he really want to fight? for $150,000, you know, each time. And, you know, there was a point where at the end, I think he was really trying to retire at that point. And Dana White is like, nah, nah, nah dude, you already did that shit last time. It's Murab's turn, you know, like it's his, yeah, it's and, his know,
0: night. You know, I shit on Dana White a lot, but this is a move that I actually agree with Dana yeah, on this. Agreed. You know, yes, you want to respect what Sudo did, but Sudo already did the in cage retirement before. This should be a celebration of, Marab being next in line yeah. for the winner of Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley dude, for he's, the bantamweight title. He's,
1: he's a star, dude. So
0: a quick question I have for you. Uh, headlining the prelims was the women's strawweight fight between Amanda Limos versus Mackenzie Dern. Uh, this one was like, it looked like a close fight to most observers. Yeah. Amanda Limos ends up, uh getting the unanimous unanimous decision win. Mackenzie Dern really thought she won. How did you see this fight?
1: of you know, uh, that first round was a huge tell. I mean we talked about this before that when you know Mackenzie Dern ended up not training with Perillo anymore. You know, her hands ended up getting real it actually got worse. And it really showed yeah. I mean Amendelimos was landing at will. Dude, she was maybe five seconds away from fucking finishing the fight but she ends up fucking and um, putting her down and like getting on top where it's just like, dude, you could have took her apart with mm-hmm. your hands exactly the way that uh, Jessica Andrade did. And I think, I thought that was a huge mistake because Mackenzie Dern mm-hmm. ended up getting some really crazy fucking jujitsu sweeps and ended up on top. Yeah. So I can, I yeah. can see where people were like, Oh, you know, she did, you know, she spent a lot of uh, top time. And, um, but I, I, you know, I agree with the, with the decision. it was, no unanimous decision. It was two to one. I mean, it, Mackenzie Dern. I mean, she looked good, but you know, like she should be like one of those people where she should really try to use and maybe get better at her takedowns. But use her jujitsu, like
0: <laughs> use what you're great at. Yeah, what a I mean, novel idea, Sean. It's like novel. Why do idea. these
1: jujitsu people think that they can turn into like boxers and kickboxers? I don't get it, dude.
0: Something about the training for MMA as well is that because that, because the fact that you're already supposedly good at your jujitsu, you have to spend a lot of extra time on the other things to kind of close the skill gap. And so maybe it just becomes ingrained as a habit to just use those new things more than the things that got you to the dance in the first place. So it's, it's really interesting how that works out with a lot of people. We see that in a lot of, um, A lot of grapplers that go into MMA. Uh, Hey, I'll shout out to the one of the first prelim fights, the Walterweight fight between uh, Josh Quinlan uh, and Danny Barlow. Oh man, Danny Barlow ends up getting a KO in the third round, and he did it with a broken forearm. Let me tell you, these fucking pro athletes are tougher than me, dude. I get a broken forearm, like fucking take me to the bar, dude. That was (laughs) nasty, too. I'm done. I'm done. You know, it's crazy. I I
1: heard something cool about Josh Quinlan. You know, I think he's like a, uh, I think he's from Hawaii or something like that. You know, (laughs) this guy is a chemical engineer, man. He doesn't have to do this. He can make tons more money fucking doing this shit. So what
0: you're saying is that he's a chemical engineer. That's not very smart with his (laughs) decision-making in life. (laughs) You know, yeah, because it's, it's, if you think about it, man, it's too bad because, you know, he made his, he claimed,
1: his claim fame was getting on um, on uh, the contender series did really well, uh, did really well on his USC debut and then get not. He actually got knocked out in his last fight before the Barlow fight. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough sport, man. Like you put your, all your heart and soul into it. Then you get in there. Uh, Josh Quinlan goes in there and started trying to exchange with Danny Barlow and ended up on the floor, man. It's, it's su- such a harsh reality.
0: So in this case, kids if you're listening stay in school yeah because even if you do become a nerd ass engineer uh you know the window's still open to do some professional sports shit <laughs> yeah go skateboarding it's it easier you, yeah, go sk- <laughs> yeah do, do things like that look kids stay in school yeah. <laughs> don't become a fighter don't uh, become a fighter uh, want to talk a little bit about one championship last weekend as well Ooh. no big no big mma fights but uh headline uh on one fight night 19 haggerty versus lobo for the bantamweight muay thai world championship that was a fucking crazy ass fight lobo almost knocks haggerty out in the first round haggerty gets him back later yeah. on and then finishes him in the third round with a tko i mean that that shit that shit was wild we won't go deep into the woods of analysis but god damn what a fight yeah. Haggerty. I mean, I know,
1: man. It, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. When he got, when H- Haggerty got dropped, I was like, holy shit, that was a hard fucking shot. And you can see it in fucking Haggerty's face. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's unfortunate Lobo couldn't finish it off, but man, the heart and the grit of fucking Haggerty coming back and getting that fucking stoppage, man.
0: And shout out to the two Americans matched up on the same car. We talked about it last week. Uh, the Bay Area's Eddie Abasolo, uh, fought uh, Luke Lassay. Luke Lassay gets a split decision, win over three rounds. Both of them really showed uh, some really nice technique. Uh, And both of them had kind of the same goal to show that American Muay Thai fighters can show beautiful Muay Thai. And it was a really fun and entertaining fight. So congratulations to both of them. Did you thank you for representing. Did you agree with the uh, scorecard? Uh, You know, I... I would not have been upset if uh, Abbasolo was given the decision. Yeah, I'll say that. Way. I thought it was close. I thought it was I close. could see. I could see how it could go. It could go in both directions. Dude, Luke looked fucking huge. He looked really mm-hmm. big, dude. Which yeah, so it's crazy. like you know, it's like. Um, but hey, you know these fighters in one supposedly pass a hydration test, so it shouldn't be like a huge. Uh, disadvantage or advantage yeah. for the bigger fighter but we'll see in the future uh with things like that uh, also really quick uh one friday fights 52 was also last week uh again mostly muay thai had a couple of mme fights, fights down there good fights um no complicated name so i won't go over that <laughs> uh, but also in the muay thai scenes um i want to shout out Uh, Legends Promotions had a Muay Thai event in Oakland last Saturday uh, at the Scottish Rite Masonic Center uh, next to Lake Merritt. I want to shout out two of our homies from Pacific Ring Sports. uh, Darren Lynn, who who fought on five days notice, uh, stepped in there, fought uh, for three rounds. Who did he fight? Didn't get to this. uh, I don't know. Oh, he fought a fighter from Rise. So one of uh, Bunkers and Ties fighters. Nice. Um, Good fighter, good fight. Uh Congratulations to them, but we're really proud of Darren. And also shout out to P- pack ring fighter, Cece, who won the uh, four woman tournament that night. So she fought twice uh, against two oh, really shit. tough opponents. So congratulations to Cece. Um, part of her prize wasn't just like a big uh trophy she also got this really nice diamond necklace for her trouble. What? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I, that sounds that sounds sweet. I want some of that shit. <laughs> so, congratulations to the team over at Pack Ring and congratulations to all the gyms yeah. that participated that day. You know, they also do point Muay Thai yeah. earlier in the afternoon. So, shout out to our friends at rooted Legacy Muay Thai. They had some people that showed out for the point Muay Thai portion. Sick. And thank you to uh to my and crew Sam for uh hosting Omega Martial Arts uh I was there with Ray and Matt and uh they uh treated us really well uh uh led us um into the VIP area so we got nice. to sit down and get some great seats enjoy some great fights talk to some really nice people so thank you very much Maya of Legends Martial uh Legends Promotions thank you so much guys yeah
1: shout out to uh Logan Diaz also he's a uh... Uh, My kid's Muay uh, Muay Thai coach over at 10th Planet Daily City. He actually fought as well
0: Won his fight. He, I saw his fight. Logan fought really well. He's a guy, he's a guy who has been really busy. He, he's fought a lot in the past year and he just shows improvement with every fight. So congratulations to your boy, Logan.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't even know he was fighting. And then uh, I actually started following over the weekend. That's because you're a
0: terrible friend, Sean. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't know he was so serious about it, man. And then when I saw, you know, the highlights of his fights, I was like, fuck man, this kid's
0: good. But dude, there is so much fight action happening this weekend. So we got to get into it, Sean. Let's do it. UFC fight night. It's going to be happening in Mexico. And it's headlined by the flyweights, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. The uh, something, something, yeah, the Philippines, something of, of note, Sean, like, The UFC has its own, uh, performance enhancing, performance enhancing drug testing policy, but so does Mexico Uh and Mexico's uh, (laughs) sports authority down there is apparently it's actually super strict. So strict that the UFC has warned their fighters down there to be extra cautious and extra careful because if they get dinged, um, there are like major repercussions in Mexico for, uh, Getting caught with using PEDs on any of the cards down sure. there. So I just thought that was a very interesting thing to to note. Um, and it'd be interesting to see who shows up to this event looking uh, not as vascular, <laughs> uh, not as shredded. So I'll just put it out there. I'm not right, accusing okay, anybody okay. of anything. <laughs> I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who who do you got in this this main event between uh, former Chant Moreno versus uh, Perpetual Contender Royval? You know, in their first
1: meeting, I felt like Brandon Moreno was winning that fight, regardless. But but again, that was so many years ago. Brandon Royval, hopefully, learned something uh, from his past championship uh, fight against uh God. Who was the champion back then?
0: Who did he fight? Fuck. Oh, good. It, it totally skips my mind. Wasn't it, um. Fucking fuck. It uh, Davison? No, no, it's not Davison. No, wait, wait. wait. Oh, it's cool, fucking it? uh, Pantoja. It's Pantoja. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Pantoja. Sorry. Sorry. And, dude,
1: remember, <laughs> Brandon Moreno had a tough time with Pantoja as well. But I think, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like, you know, Brandon Moreno being a champion and having that experience. Same thing with Brandon Royval. I mean, he, that's, you know, one of his first, like, Five round fights that he went through. I'm gonna go with Moreno. I think uh, his experience and his—I mean—they're both pretty active. So uh, I just think that Brandon Moreno has probably the more power, more striking. Uh, Brandon Royval definitely great on the on the ground, but uh, Brandon Moreno's been able to negate that. But sometimes when
0: Royval uses his grappling to attack relentlessly. He actually puts himself in trouble yeah, bad, a bad number system. of times. Yeah. So like, I'm going to go with Moreno because he makes less mistakes than Roy does. Roy Val is exciting, but he makes so many mistakes. He actually ends up beating himself. Yeah. I'm excited for the coming event between Yair Rodriguez and Brian De Ortega, which you mentioned earlier, Sean. Yes. I think this is a great matchup because Yair is so athletic and so dynamic, but his weaknesses are exactly where Brian Ortega's strengths are. Yair, even though he's like known as a striker in the boxing or punching range, not so great, you know, and not a grappler like Brian Ortega is, but because he's so dynamic, you're going to have to take a lot of damage to do things to him. So Brian Ortega might have to wear some, some pain in order to impose the game plan he wants on Rodriguez, but I'm going to go with Brian Ortega because I think he's just more well-rounded. The thing that's going in Yair's advantage for this fight is that it's only three rounds. Yeah. So he could kind of go pedal to the metal in terms of pace to try to kind of put Ortega away or keep him away with those long kicks. But I'm going to go with Ortega on this. I wonder if Ortega's still
1: uh, training with the Gracies or if he kind of changed it up in the last... A few months, because that's going to tell a lot.
0: It's a good question. Good question. You know, I don't know. I don't know
1: who you uh, who are you picking. I'm going to go with Yair. I think he's going to be able to keep the distance to where um, Ortega probably wouldn't be able to get a hold of him. But I think you know Yair is you know anti wrestling. That's actually it's actually not too bad. And you know, yeah. Brian Ortega has yeah. never I, it's been a big, better. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's right. he's never been a big wrestler. So you know, Yair also trains with uh, some of the former Jackson guys. And I just feel like he has, uh, enough to, to, to keep Brian or you off and bet. Should we make a bet?
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. We haven't done one in a while. Yeah, okay. let's, let's make yeah, a we bet. Gotta link up. We got to link up and you like, yeah. uh, like share some mescal or tequila. Yeah. So I'm down. Okay. Okay. I got, I got uh T city then. Okay. I got T city. All right. Uh, Real quick, any other fight on this card you wanna talk about? Because there's a big PFL versus Bellator yeah, card you know, this there, weekend. But is there re- any any more on this this card you want to talk about? Yeah, there's
1: uh the return of Raul Rosas Jr. Uh remember he was the one that uh got into the UFC pretty much at 17, 18 years old. Uh he's coming yeah, off kid, that loss. Kid. Um he's also going against Ricky Tercios, who's who also mm-hmm. won the ultimate fighter, also half Filipino. Uh And of, uh, I don't know if he's Mexican or if he's El Salvadorian, one or the other. Um, So that should be a good fight. Uh, Sam Hughes versus Yasmin Yarigwe. She's actually a really good fighter. Um,
0: Yarigwe, a huge favorite, huge betting favorite, if you guys care about that shit. Other than that, I don't know a lot of these people. Well, those two, the top two fights should be very compelling. Yeah. And both of those fights actually have... Repercussions for their their weight division. So, guys, make sure you guys watch that and uh, keep your eyes open. And speaking of repercussions, you know, late last year we talked about the PFL buying Bellator. We talked about well, what would happen if the champs of PFL go up against the champs of Bellator? (laughs) Well, guess what? It's It's happening this weekend. The champs of PFL are going up against the champs of Bellator before we kind of talk about it a little bit, Sean, you know, we hinted at it like a couple of months ago that is PFL essentially blowing their load too soon on this? I feel like they could are. They have, could, they, could they have let this percolate a little more to build it up more? I think
1: so. I mean, there's so many names on this. Like, I felt like they put all their nuts in a bunch pretty much and and tried to, maybe this is like their breakout. Thing. One, one other thing also is that, it's fucking pay-per-view. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anyone would actually pay for this only because it's like pay for
0: this. And and I kind of feel like this is one of the negative things that can happen from like, so this, this card is taking place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. (sighs) And so Saudi Arabia has been throwing a lot of money around kind of the sports wash, the fact that, you know, their human rights violations, the history of their country and et cetera, et cetera. Fine. But so one of the things that happens when like, you know, this country is pouring a, like throwing a bunch of money at you, you feel pressured to do cards like this before perhaps they're ready. And before perhaps like, you know, uh, these fighters can get maxed out on their pay. Is that making any sense at all, Sean? Yeah, It's almost like PFL uh, felt pressure to put this on because the investors of Saudi Arabia wanted a big fight. Yeah. It seems
1: like the going theme. I mean, I feel like anytime the Saudis are involved, they want big fights. They
0: want. Yeah. But it's like, also it's kind of like things that, okay, you know, fun for the fans, but is it really great for the sport like happening when it happens? Yeah. It's that's, that's like, like you're putting all the champs against all the champs all on the same card. If you're like the PFL owners, wouldn't you have wanted to kind of like space this out? and build other cards around certain champ versus champ matchups instead of like, like splurging all in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Crazy. It's an embarrassment of riches, I guess, but let's break it down. Okay. It's headlined by the heavyweight champs, uh, PFL champ Ferreira going up against heavyweight champ Bader from Bellator. Uh, who do you got for this one? I always like, I always end up like picking against Bader sometimes. and He makes me look like an idiot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, Bader's really good. This is at heavyweight, correct? Yes. You know, Ryan Bader's fought majority of his career at light heavyweight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I did notice that Henan Ferreira, he is a pretty big fucking heavyweight. Dude, 6'8",
0: 260 pounds, arm reach (sighs) 85 inches, Ryan Bader 74 inches. I mean, the size advantage, uh, but You know, Ryan Bader is pretty smart. He is kind of like this short burst explosive stuff that sometimes yeah. the slower heavyweights have had problems with dealing with. Ryan Bader
1: also has a glass jaw, so <laughs>
0: that's that's kind of one of those long in the tooth deals when yeah, you've been in the game for, for sure. as long as Bader has. I mean, Bader's has like um, almost 40 fights to his record. Damn, that's
1: great. So I mean, you, in those got? higher weight in those heavier weight classes, it's you know, this is like standard issue. I'm
0: going to go with Ferreira.
1: I think, uh, I think the size is going to, I think it's going to weigh down on Bader. I think Bader's going to try to shoot, 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 shoot. And uh is just going to be way too big.
0: The middleweights are going to go up against each other. PFL middleweight champ and I versus uh, Eblin from <sighs> Bellator. Oh, man. You know, you know, we, we've talked about Eblin in the past. He's, yeah. I think he's one of those guys. If he had this, a bigger platform, People would be talking about Agreed. him as a potential pound for pound kind of guy. Uh 14-0, undefeated. I think he's more well-rounded than Kasang and I. For sure. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Johnny Eblin. Yeah, Johnny
1: Eblin, probably the best fighter, I think, on this, pretty much on the roster.
0: Yeah, in terms of like just like on paper, skill for the, skill, the yeah. resume, the ability. Um and uh, just that middleweight as well. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just feel like he could he could um, take this fight wherever he wants against Kasang and I. Agreed. I'm going to up? You're going to, yeah, I'll go with Evelyn as well. Uh, Bra- and at featherweight, Braga from PFL going up against Pitbull. Um, <sighs> th- uh, this one's hard. This, this one's one. hard for me because every, sometimes every time I ride Pitbull's balls, like he goes, lets me down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but fucking, dude, Pitbull's got the experience advantage. That For guy's sure. got like 45, almost 50 fights. You know, Braga's 12 and 1. Um, and there's a little uh, kind of intangible here. I kind of feel like some of these Bellator guys are going to come into this event with a chip on their shoulder. For sure. You know, their promotion was bought out by the PFL. Yeah. I kind of feel like some of them are gonna come in there just wanting to like show they're gonna to wanna to fucking prove something. Totally. I totally I'm, going to go agree football. I'm go gonna
1: go with Pitbull. I'll go with Pitbull as well.
0: And how about there's a catch weight now fight uh catch between uh Cooper oh, the third versus uh uh Jackson from Bellator. It's catch weight? Yeah yeah, they, they said they're doing a catch weight. So what the fuck is um, going on? Is it because yeah.
1: freaking Ray Cooper can't make the fucking one seventy limit?
0: Uh, I don't know. know, He's been getting
1: fat though, honestly. Ray, sorry if you're listening to this or if you ever (laughs) listen to this. Like ever since he lost that one year, like he just, I remember he fought at middleweight in his last few fights. And I was like, dude, you are way too small to fucking fight at middleweight. There's no way. He was dominant, won those fucking, those tournaments as a fucking welterweight, looked amazing, overpowered everybody. I, I don't get it. I really
0: don't. And, and Jason Jackson's going to be going into this fight with a huge, like, height advantage, yeah. reach advantage. There's every uh, advantage. I, and if <laughs> every advantage, he's a, a better looking of spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, his children are smarter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so uh, wow. I'm going to go with Jason. I don't know. I'm just yeah. talking shit. I'm going to go with Jason Jackson. Same guess, here, man. <laughs> same here. Uh, uh, and, and other interesting... Um, um matchups uh 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 Santos is going to be going up against Romero at light heavyweight Tiago Santos versus a great Romero. Fight, talk about two two fighters that should have hung it up like five years ago <laughs> <laughs> who you
1: got in this fight
0: uh dude it's gonna look so terrible but I think Romero <laughs> I think it's gonna be a terrible technical fight you know what I'm saying
1: too tired fucking Big, Two buff, super
0: tired people.
1: <laughs> tired people just, yeah.
0: It's crawling all over it each other.
1: It should be the uh, <laughs> unlimited uh, division. Just like, <laughs> no age, no age restriction.
0: No age rest- restriction. Hey, your boy, uh, Aaron Pico is going to be fighting Corrales at lightweight. That's going to be a good fight. Also, AJ McKee fighting Clay Collar. AJ McKee should mm-hmm. probably finish that fight. So hopefully he finishes Your AJ fight. McKee is like, he's so legit. Yeah. Um oh, no. uh, but uh there's like a in terms of other big names on the card, uh I know which one you're talking superstar, about Superstar uh Superstar Boxer, Clarissa Shields is gonna be fighting on this card. Uh her third MMA fight, she'll be fighting Fuck. uh Kelsey DeSantis. This poor think, girl. Yeah, I think they're lining her up to lose <laughs> to Clarissa because DeSantis is one and two. She has a slight height advantage but her natural weight is is actually uh at 145 um uh, oh shields God. i believe fights normally at 155 i think they're doing some the catch weight and so i think shields is going to come in there the bigger bigger more powerful fighter uh so i think they're doing this to build shields up more i bet you the
1: fucking 155 division in that i bet you all those higher weight classes are all done
0: like yeah, I mean, fifty five. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You might be right. You might be right. So, dude, that's this weekend, the PFL. Again, it's on it's on pay-per-view. Um, I know Sean was shitting on it, but <laughs> maybe if you guys want another way to watch it, get <laughs> uh, up Sean in his dude. social media. Yeah, he, yeah, might yeah. Have another. <laughs> he might links. have your, you might have your hook up. You might sports. have your hook up. <laughs> 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 but also real quick, uh Sean, this weekend there's also one Friday fights one championship is. so you could check check that out uh if grappling is more your jam uh this weekend uh, flow grappling will be showing the adcc monterey open monterey that's in mexico yeah that's in mexico okay i was like monterey um, if uh ibjjf is more your more your jam especially with the gi which is real jujitsu sean <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> um uh, there's fine. the um, memphis international open yeah you didn't know that and also m- more locally if like you consider an hour and a half two hour drive local sacramento open is also this weekend oh shit! so that's happening nice. um for of ivy and in the boxing scene this weekend there a wbc bantamweight title will be fought for in japan between santiago and nakatani And in Florida, there was a super middleweight fight between Berlanga and McCrory. So that's this weekend with uh, your boxing. And I'm trying to think, I think also, oh, I already mentioned the Sacramento Open. So that's your local jujitsu stuff going on. Do you know it's a
1: a trip I was just on, uh, I think it was Facebook or something like that. And they were showing the old... It was an old K1 match between Mark Hunt and uh, Crow Cop. Do you remember that fight?
0: Yes, I remember. <sighs> what a fuck. Crow Cop head kicking Mark Hunt a number of times and usually a kick that would kill a normal person. Yeah. Mark Hunt just kept going forward. I'm pretty sure that fight took 15 years from Mark Hunt's life though. Dude, just eating those cleft kicks.
1: Some of those kicks that Crow Cop was thrown to the head. They look like mm. the velocity of a leg kick. You know, like the velocity of a leg kick mm. is so fucking fast. But man, yeah.
0: how does fucking but help head get high, up but there? Head how does he <laughs> get up there? Well, you know, I, I'm sure there's a number of things. I'm, presu- I'm sure genetics is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, repetition and training it and training it. He threw it up like a snap as yeah. well. Uh, so. Um, he rarely telegraphed that high left kick. So make this be a lesson to you. If you're not born with the hard head of Mark Hunt, everybody do your neck exercises, (laughs) do your neck exercises, avoid concussions, avoid head injuries, please. That'll do it. Or just, like, or again, kids stay in school and don't become a fighter. Your, your brains, your brain will thank you.
1: (laughs) What's y'all plan for the weekend, man?
0: Dude, I'm trying to get more jujitsu training in this week. So I'll probably go in for training tomorrow morning, uh, then teaching, uh, Friday morning and then teaching later that day. And this weekend, uh, I'm trying to, we're trying to meet up with, uh, the Omega martial arts team for some dinner, but the schedule is kind of, uh, kind of mixing up. So, yeah. so I don't know, I'm, I'm figuring some things out. What, what's going on with you? Not much, just recovering from
1: the whole Vegas thing. Probably spent time with the fam. Um, that's about it. Hey, how was that a wrestling event?
0: You know, I, I didn't uh, go. So, what Sean is asking about is that there was a pro wrestling event at the Emporium on um, the Visadero here in San Francisco. Um, I invited a number of people. So, Sean, I invited you. Yep. I invited one other homie. I w- invited another homie. And Guess how many of those people flaked? <laughs> yes, Sean, just guess. Every one of them. Yes, every single <laughs> fucking one of them decided to not watch pro wrestling with me. So you know what? Hey, I hung up at home and watched uh, some HBO True Detective, the, se- the nice. season finale. So um, th- this is the face of a happy person still, Sean. Okay, okay. I can watch pro wrestling on YouTube and look that up. There you go. All right, so... <laughs> But if seriously, if anybody ever want to hit up a, pro, a local pro wrestling show, hit me up on Instagram. I'm, I'm always down to go. <laughs> is that like a normal thing over there at the Emporium? I think Emporium uh, is available for a number of different events. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of them hosting pro wrestling. They probably yeah. have done it before. I just never heard of it. Wow. That's a pretty
1: damn cool idea, though. But yeah, I guess that's going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore. Yours, Carlo? Hopkey, one on Instagram. And don't forget to hit up Magala Jiu-Jitsu in San Francisco. 10th uh, 10th Planet Daily City in Daily City. FTCC in Las Vegas and Omni Movement in Hercules. Fuck, never gets where's easier.
0: Where's a Where's Ten Planet Daily City located again, Sean?
1: It's right next to Planet Fitness.
0: No, no, no. Which city is it in? Uh,
1: Ten Planet Daily is in Ten Planet Colma. <laughs> <Okay.
0: laughs> it's in Colma. It's in daily. I don't is, know. is it in Daily City? It is. Does in, it happen it. to be in Daily City? I think so. Okay. This is an old joke, but I'm over at Hopkido Hopkido USA. We are in the USA. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. Here in San Francisco. That's pretty good, right? Uh, we're with our Kohalda Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team and our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Uh, shout out to our friends and fam over at Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. Uh, uh, some of Martial Arts and pino, Rooted Legacy Muay Thai in Martinez. Aye. A
1: lot of fights this weekend, guys. PFL's paper PFL's pay per view guys. So hit me on the DMs. I'll send you the special link. And then uh, <laughs> UFC Mexico. And this,
0: and this is satire, by the way. So PFL, you cannot sue us. this is satire. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, we're getting you guys' eyes. All right. The stream, the, the dark web is where it's at.
0: Yeah. Right. The dark web.
1: <laughs> Be safe out there, guys. I don't know if it's gonna rain the rest of the week, but shit, fuck it. Take care, guys. Peace.